Hello everybody, it's Friday night and that means it's weekender time. On this week's show, we'll be journeying to Middle Earth with the rarest of indies. We'll be going full Bjorg into the Kickstarters and getting very fickle about our 3D printing. On top of all of that, one lucky subscriber will get a chance to win the Cursed City reprint from store.ontabletop.com. To be in with a chance to win this big bundle prize, you need to be a subscriber to the channel, pop a comment below, and if you can share us around on the socials to help us out, that would be terrific. Otherwise, kick back, relax, put your feet up, because your weekend starts here. Hello everyone, back with you for another weekend's worth of fun and games. And with me are Warren Free and Benjamino to take us on our little dander. Pleasure dander. to see you all once again. That's a lovely word. That's a lovely dander. colloquialism. A dander. You're, you're not really aiming for anywhere in particular. You're just going and ex- going with the flu. That's a dander. Take for a dander on yeah. our dander. Uh, well, I've got I've got big news, Jerry. Big news, big news, massive news. Right, everybody in the community, ears open, eyes awake. Next weekend, me and Jerry's doing a live show. Oh, me, Jerry, and Justin is doing Justin's a live well, show. Yes. Live show. So what we're doing is um, we have a two and a bit hour special going out next Saturday um, between 12 p.m. and 2 p.m. So it's Saturday afternoon TV, guys. And basically, this is the UK Games Expo pre-show live show. (laughs) Show. 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 Pre-show live show. We're going to be, we're going to just go on the ins and outs of UK Games Expo. But you know what? All that. The main thing is we are giving away a metric ton of amazing prizes i mean loads and loads of prizes are going to be divvied out during that two hours live you'll be winning it live you will be winning with tiger blood and all <laughs> of that jazz and it's going to be great yeah and to give you an idea of what the prizes are they're they're huge they're massive <laughs> they're, they're still coming into the studio and we're getting into a position where we can start working out prize bundles based on my height. I think yes. we're somewhere in the region of at least two Jerry's worth of prizes at the moment. Oh, the Jerry up. bundle. Um, Dude, yeah, so yeah, we're going to be, we're giving away board amount. games. We have loads of board games we're giving away. We have two grand prizes, right? Which is, I believe, two full um, weekends at UK at Games Expo, Expo, including hotel, weekend <sighs> tickets, parking the works yeah i'm telling you it, it, look join us for that live show it's two hours of absolute crack we're going to have fun and games that's how you're going to uh, win the prizes and stuff like that um we're going to get some of the exhibitors on to give us a little bit of a heads up of what they're what they've got planned for the show or what what, what what's coming up and yes it'll be two hours of entertainment to get us totally in the mood mm-hmm. for our trip to the NEC this year. Yeah. Big prizes, big money. I love it. 
And so that's 19th, Saturday the 19th. Yes. It's a good way to recover from your Paddy's Day hangover. <laughs> <laughs> Just chill on the Saturday with us. Like some, sort of, up. like some sort of tiz was. Tiz yes. wasn't, perhaps. Yes. That, that I, be you know, I've been, it's been running through my mind, the vibe of it, uh, Jerry. And I, I keep thinking like number 73 and stuff. And then whenever Justin, it emerged that Justin was actually joining us on the live show, I thought, Gunge machines. We need <laughs> lots of gunge machines. Uh, it's going to be like Saturday would, morning telly. I would pay good money for a UK Games Expo branded Mr. Blobby to chase Justin around and beat him up. That would be great. <laughs> what nightmares are my dad's That was just Warren. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I could do that. I could do that. I just okay. chase him around with bucket loads of gunge. And you know what? The farmers out here have started spreading the slurry. I have ready access to great guns <laughs> right now I'll just bring it all with me so you need to uh, invest in a really good super cycle oh, with guns. Yeah. it's going to be great yeah, it's yeah. going to be great no it will be good fun guys and uh, I'm looking forward to to spending a couple of hours on a mm. Saturday afternoon nursing our hangovers and having some crack it's all about the crack and speaking of crack the most cracky part of the show Warren would you like to do the honours oh. <laughs> yes no, I'm still recovering. I apologize for my absence, everybody. My third bite of COVID did a real number on me now, but mm-hmm. I'm recovering. I'm recovering, and I'm and I'm ready. I'm ready Jerry's ready with his, yeah. his headphones off. <laughs> it's time for Indy of the Week. Oh, oh. <laughs> That has blown away the cobwebs. That's great. Really blew us away there, didn't you? Uh, You can tell the road to recovery is going well. (laughs) Mm. Right. Uh, Who is it this week? Well, this week is a little pick from Benjamino. Um, It's going to be Badgers or something like that then. No. Not not Badgers. (laughs) What's your second guess? (laughs) It's going to be either Badgers or Dwarves, isn't it? Well, there are Dwarves involved. Oh, right. Oh, okay. (laughs) Badger Dwarves. (laughs) (laughs) It is, in fact, Mithril Miniatures. Uh, This is a sister company to uh, Prince August, who started way, 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 way back in the mists of time um, with essentially picking up the license for Lord of the Rings uh, after I think Ice had it um, and and Grenadier used to do the miniatures for them and then uh, it it went over to Mithril instead. And, And the interesting thing about this is these days, 32 mil would be the norm. These are all sculpted at 156th scale. Um, at the time, they were sort of larger collector's pieces, and they still very much have that feel behind them, even though they were made with the view to, to using them incorrectly in RPGs. Um, but the entire range has been sculpted from the late 80s by one man. Yep. So there's been a solid consistency throughout uh, by Chris Tubb. Um, so there's a lot going on here. Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to very quickly start with the, the, I was going to say fight club, the fellowship club, just Mm -hmm. to let people know that this is a thing that exists before we dive into the miniatures range itself. Because they they started as a sort of, uh, they started as the RPG side, but they, they have the fellowship club where you can essentially join in, subscribe. And every month 
they have a, a, a vote. People nominate something to be pulled from the pages of Tolkien's work. Uh, these days, it's just The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. There, you will see in these pages some stuff that it comes from the Silmarillion. Silmarillion. I can never <laughs> pronounce that word. Anyway, the book over, that no one has ever read. Over the years, though. <laughs> over the years, you, please um, read it, haven't you? I have. Yeah. yeah, I have. I audio. Do you know how I read it? It took several. I was captive on a plane, audio book <laughs> with the book in front, and read as it as it was go. read but, to well, me. That was well, the only way. Was it one of the planes from Die Hard Two that were just circling for hours and hours and unable to land? Because <laughs> I imagine the only way. But uh, but what they do is every month they'll they ask their members to vote on something that they they want to see made, uh, and then they have a. a a vote to get the shortlist down and then a vote from the shortlist to pick what it's going to be. Uh, and then Chris goes off and designs it and makes it. Uh, sometimes it it will run over. Mostly it's a single character, but occasionally if there's a, a not a huge amount of, of um, votes in for one month, they might do it like a double month to make something a bit bigger. And then I think like once every quarter they they have an open one where they can do like larger scenes or vignettes so, or things like that. So what you're telling me, that, the one beside that that you've just clicked on, the, that one the there. astrologer yeah so everybody got together and voted for dumbledore yes and and they made dumbledore yeah yeah yeah, yeah. awesome yeah. very much so and the interesting thing about this is because they are literally just going through and picking bits you get weird and wacky things yeah. you get your you, you get really your dumbledore yeah. gondorian astrologer um yeah. but you could also get you know samwise at the three farthing stone you know obscure bits from the books um yeah. that you may not otherwise see um that become sort of very unusual collectors pieces that, that, that's the reason why that's the reason why i wanted to take, like pick this and sort of highlight it yeah. though because like so many people are very aware of the games workshop line of miniatures yeah. all based on the films obviously so the yeah. new stuff and the warner brothers things but the thing that's really nice about the mithril stuff and, and as jerry was alluding to there is that all of it's taken from the books. So it's all taken from the descriptions of Tolkien's world and its characters, its mm. costumes and everything like that. And that's why when you look at a lot of the miniatures, you'll think, oh, that looks a little bit weird or a little bit odd. But that's because it's all drawn from the artwork that either he had a hand in or yeah. illustrators have had a hand in over the years or he has described in the pages of, you know, The Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, and the appendices and all that kind of thing. So. Uh it's a it's a very yeah. in depth collection for someone who I, loves the books, That's and it's thing. also intriguing because yeah, I, I'm I'm going to ask the question on everybody's mind right now: Who the hell is Grond? Exactly. Well, so, Grond is the head of the ram that they used to smash down the gates of Minas Tirith. It, so, it's a specific yeah. piece from the book, yeah. and, and yeah. I can only imagine when the guy suggested this that he has an idea for a, a diorama or a vignette in mind and wanted this. Because whenever you get anything from the Fellowship Club, it gives you additional information. So yeah. the head of Grand is the metal battering ram used to smash gates or obstacles. It was shaped in the heads of the wolf and named Grand in honour of the huge warhammer <laughs> wielded by Sauron's master Morgoth. Yeah. Uh, the other interesting thing is when you get any of the Fellowship stuff, so this is the 186th release for the Fellowship Club, whoever is the winner, whoever nominated Grand or the miniature yeah. of Samwise, whatever, they get the option of having the the very first casting that will be individually numbered cool for them um, as well. So, so obviously, there's that club side of things um, where they're very active with the the community, uh, and because it's it's 
always going back to one guy. There's always the consistency of sculpt and scale going on, um, which just Love that. Sh shows a almost insane amount of dedication. But as as Chris once said, he's got four kids and they all need to go through college, uh, so he'll be sculpting <laughs> for some time. He's been they've been doing it for thirty years. Thirty wow. years, yeah. Started in nineteen eighty-seven. Just getting started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, where do we want to go then? Is there? I mean, that that um, swan bike. I'd love to put in the middle of a modern table. You know, just in the yeah. middle of a modern park, and just Galadriel on a swan boat. What's <laughs> yeah. she doing here? I think that I think one gorgeous. of the, the the best places to start is actually with the box sets. They do like a yep. series. Well, well, they're quite old now, but they do a series of box sets. Um, uh, but, we'll just have a look at the swan boat. The world. You could replace that as a pedlo any day. You really could. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. It is fantastic. Yeah. That's exactly. way a bit. Great, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's so what, bizarre. I was gonna say one one of the things to note about these as well is that you may think, oh, these are these are this is an interesting range that I've never heard of. Some of these are so collectible that they're worth around like a thousand pounds, something like that. Mm. Just single sculpts on some of these. So bear that in mind. When you go. The, Maybe if you've got some mithril laying around in yeah. a box at home, I would check out check how much it's worth. Yeah. <laughs> the, so. the first 80 models ever cast, they no longer have the molds for them. So they're not even listed in the wow. classics range. And they, they go for insane amount of money. They go for, I need to put a deposit down on a house <laughs> style of money. Yeah. Um, so it's always good. Yeah, you should, there should be a, a box set link that I dropped for you guys in there. Oh, almost entirely, but yeah. I, I imagine <laughs> I've moved on from there because life's too <laughs> short. There we go. Yeah. Oh, these are great. So this one's quite nice, obviously, because this gives you a sense of the sort of classic models that you'd want to mm. add into your collection. So you have, you know, the company of Thorin oh. and and the Hobbit and stuff, and well, that's obviously the scene where Bilbo is presenting the, the stone to mm. Bard and. Um, Thranduil and stuff yeah. in the battle fight. And then the, that's what the thing that's really nice about this is that you look at these and you're like, I love how, well, personally, I love how different that is from Peter Jackson's vision. Yeah. I love how kind of classically historical these look. They look like sort of soldiers that you would have seen walking around in the Middle Ages and the Dark Age and things, yeah. sort of drawn from the, the ancient world, which is obviously what inspired Tolkien when he was writing the books in the first place, mm -hmm. you know, trying to create that sense of mythology that was almost grounded within the real world. And I really like that here. And almost you can actually see a lot of the influences <clears throat> in some of the design of the the men of Lake Town and stuff in mm -hmm. the way that Games Workshop then sculpted the new models and things with that kind of like the fur hats and that almost Ross influence as well. So, but yeah, there's some, there's some really nice, I particularly like the, obviously the fellowship is great and also oh, the smell yeah. of the triumphant. The um, Shelob's lair is gorgeous as well. Yeah. Um, Giant really spider. Nice. Camped out people. We'll have a look at the fellowship. <laughs> well, you did I, ask. The now. <laughs> I, I suppose the fellowship is a good one to have a look yes. at because, yeah. you know, they are, what people come to expect. And it's interesting when you start looking through some of them, because if you just pull up the show me all the miniatures, there's a million, million, million pages. Oh, um, uh, at last count, there was, I think, over 600 individual sculpts kicking around, all done by one man, which is madness in and of itself. Um, but you get to see things that you wouldn't ordinarily think of, so like the Harad, the, the, nomadic 
Sauron friendly berserker types have this very sort of Celtic slash Mongolian feel to them, nice. um, which is very, very different from the, the very way they're of, represented. Yeah. yeah. The is film. that an unshaven Aragorn at the top? It, it might be. Yeah. That's how that's how he should be, because mm-hmm. as was written within the books, Indeed. You know, the men of the, the Dúnedain do not grow beards. They it's are because of their elven blood and stuff. In they're, yeah, they're, they're very, uh, very different. But you know the tactical stubble. I think is an important thing. Mm. Tactical stubble. In, yeah. Uh, in modern, well, it's it's, it's modern made TV. it's made a million women around the world blush whenever he comes on the screen. Or <laughs> burst through the doors. Either way, burst through the doors. <laughs> he knows how to make an entrance. Yeah. But the th- the thing that what's quite nice about this as well is that because they've that they've done all the basics for what you'd need to play Middle Earth, mm. and because the scale is thirty two mil, which in many ways is very applicable to the kind of ranges that we have now out there in the yeah. world you could easily match these up with a lot of the um uh the collections that exist for for example the the oathmark stuff and that kind of thing like because that's so very tolkien-esque you could almost use those you know for these guys to go and fight off against goblins all sorts of things either then using you know the existing games workshop rules set alongside these miniatures if you really wanted oh, to yeah. or come in with something of your own and, and have a go with it but it's just a really nice one to dive into because you've got so many little tiny nuggets of sort of possibility with this range, and especially the the big stuff is 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 phenomenal, um, and everybody wants a smaug in that. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's great. This is the other thing it? they do, which is very nice. Um, they are because obviously a lot of the stuff becomes collectible or collectors' items, and you get people who are fans of the book but may not be hobbyists and, and miniature gamers as well they do a line of of pre-painted or um patinaed so they'll have metal miniatures or metal setups like this um, where they're finished off in a certain uh style so it has that either metallic look or it has the uh the the full paint job the sort of thing you're looking at there obviously you're paying for it um but considering some of the prices I've seen professional miniature painters charge, it's not yeah. terrible. Yes. Uh, you're probably doubling that. Um, so you know, you're paying like 100, 120, that sort of thing, um, for a painted diorama of a 28 mil dragon. And you're going to oh, pay. That's not too bad, yeah. No, no, because I've, I've seen people charge by the millimeter. Um, and and also, big things like that, that oh. it would cost hundreds. That, that version of Smaug is decidedly cheaper than the Games Workshop God, yeah. <laughs> resin one, so, or the plastic one, anyway. Yeah, it's... Probably a wee bit smaller, but also that means yeah. It, yeah. You, can, you can actually put it somewhere. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. I dread to think that people have to put the, yeah. the massive one. Remember, guys, we've got a game show on Saturday the 19th. Justin's <laughs> going to be there. So if you've got ideas for games like Jerry has... <laughs> Say nothing. This is just great. This one. Hide the smog. (laughs) (laughs) This one's my favourite. This is great. Nice take on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not often you. When it comes to Shelob, you get a lot of interpretations that he's just Mm. one big giant spider, but you get the characterisation of Shelob in this, uh, which is in books. Yeah, Shelob has uh, almost human type qualities there. Well, is, that, is that how it's described or she's described in the book, is it? She's just uh, known as a big spider in all realisation, but it's a, it's a hybrid, uh, mm-hmm. Shelob, from what I'm aware of. They also, 
that's they took inspiration for that when they developed Shadow of War as well, which was the um, the Lord of the Rings sort of action game where they mm. made it so that she could turn into a, into a, like a beautiful woman, yeah. almost glamour herself a little oh, bit like Sauron would in. glamour himself. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, it's a nice little scene as well. That one, it's, really well put it's, together. it's not right. No, I know right that yeah. that's not right. One of the this is that's one good. of the nice well, yeah one of the nice things about their range that I, I know a lot of people come rug. to these ones mm-hmm. is they come and get these really big miniatures so they do lots of different dragons which is really cool and then they do things like the Balrog and all sorts of things it's obviously a little bit more inspired by the that's nice that's very only looking isn't it it is yeah although the thing that I, I still don't get it's got wings it's not meant to have wings but <laughs> but never mind <laughs> does the Balrog not have wings in the book then no? well it, it's it's uh, a subject of much I don't debate amongst, they did. Um, amongst the Tolkien community. A lot of people say that Balrogs don't have wings. A lot of people say that they do have wings. Yeah, but, but then, the Tolkien community, yeah. what do they know? Well, exactly. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. It's the same I, as the Pratchett community, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The it's, same. It's, it's whenever they, they harp on about things like hobbits with shoes on and stuff like that. I, I like half as much as them as much as well as they deserve. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> But yeah, I just I, it's so cool seeing this alongside the really old artwork as well because yeah. this is the kind of stuff that obviously in, this, uh, um, well taken from all these sort of old role playing games and that mm. kind of thing and the old covers and artwork done back during that period of sort of like the eighties and, and into the nineties. What a cool take on the fell based. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, very like, it's more in line with a sort of classic dragon than it is sort of like detail. the weird worm that you see now. Yeah, which is really cool. Uh, it reminds me that it would be really good in one, at one point in the future to see the Frank Frazetta version of a lot of these miniatures. That would be pretty awesome. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's oh, maybe for God. another company to deal with. <laughs> but yeah, it's really it's it's really nice stuff. And the thing that's quite good about it as well is that a lot, a lot of people take these and use them, not necessarily for gaming, because a lot of it's all collector's pieces, really. Yeah, yeah. And they'll use them for massive dioramas and all sorts of different things like that and, and using things like this to create little vignettes and stuff as well. So... It's the kind of stuff that inspires you to, you know, do something more with Middle Earth, I think, which is really cool. So, yeah, it's a a nice little trick. I'm pretty sure I bought Justin a book of Frank Fazetta's. Um, And they literally (laughs) had no clothes on. Well, they, yes. were, they were all entirely <laughs> naked. And, that, that, uh, that is what he like. quite liked doing. So, yeah. I think if you find it today, you'll find it all strategically punched. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um, I quite like how they do this. They break them down by. Oh, that's a great idea. Because it means you're not having to troll through lots and lots of stuff to find things. Let's have a look at objects. I'm going to go to objects because there's a couple of weird things in Some here that, that people can explain. <laughs> Obviously, we've already seen. Grand and the, oh, uh, that Boromir boat. boat is great. But, oh, it's a dead Boromir. You too can uh, fill Sent all of Sean Bean's potential. I can't remember oh, who I told this nice. story, but when the Lord of the Rings first came out, the Fellowship of the Rings, mm. I went to a the science museum in London with mm-hmm. my with my 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 brother, and we were looking at all the stuff that they bought over from Weta Workshop. Yeah, and in there they had the whole of the Boromir boat set oh, up. Wow. With obviously, the um, you know prosthetic version of yeah the, the fake Sean that the could fake be. version of Sean Bean but because it was so warm there it looked like there was condensation on his skin and I was like they can't, they can't put a person in there can they and me and my so, brother were support convinced. jobbing actor yeah <laughs> and we like knocked on the glass we were like oh no it's okay it's just a just a pub <laughs> wouldn't, you, wouldn't you shut yourself if the eyes open <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Stop knocking on my thing, boy. <laughs> now, who's that there? The uh, Baldor's. I, I would love to tell you who Baldor is, but no. <laughs> but that's well, just how weird it, and like it will, it will this tell us is, here. Yeah, yeah. Baldor the hapless. So Justin, second Lord of Mark, <laughs> brother of Aldor, third Lord of Mark, uh, said to have passed along through the dead door under Wimmerberg. Wimmerberg. Uh, uh-huh. Rash vow he as he drained the horn of the face, blah 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 blah, passing through the dark door. See Aragon the guy, the only the one that made up to the of door. A mighty man, clad in mail. So there we are. Aragon. So literally, yeah. they have made a model of something that Aragon walked past. Yes. This is incredible. That's how in this is. Yeah. Blown away <laughs> by this. That you could, is, you, do you know what? If you were a Lord of the Rings fan, yeah. This is all you would ever need. You could just that's, that's you, why I wanted you to could just them. marry <laughs> yourself to Mithril here yeah. and spend the rest of your days exploring that hobby yeah. in depth. Look, I have no doubt if we dig a bit deeper, we will find the blade of grass that Gandalf tripped over <laughs> on his way to the forest or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be everything in here. I love yeah. it. Do it's we like, have Radagast? Does Radagast exist? On there will yeah. definitely be a Radagast. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, if we go via the medium of oh, wizards. wizards. Yeah, the, but you you could quite possibly, maybe even literally, play out or at least make a scene from you know Bilbo's front door <laughs> all the you way to using this range. So, yeah. oh, that's great. With some little hobbit children. That's fantastic. That yeah. Coming at you like Cleopatra. <laughs> and, and there's Elisar. Young Aragorn. Yeah. Nice. Oh, who's Elisar? Well, he's one of our community members, but apparently he's yeah. named after something from this, this book series, which I hear is <laughs> going to be very much the coming thing. Uh, but it does tell us down here that... He was yes, Aragon found a new yeah, seedling yeah. growing on the hills, mm-hmm. and it shows Aragon planting it while Gandalf looks on. All right, so the nice. Elisar must be the white tree. Is that All right, it? okay, yeah. okay. So Elisar yeah. in this case is the twig. It's in a twig. Hand I I knew while that. Gandalf looks on. <laughs> was my confusion. I was like, "There's people here, and there's a tree." Uh, oh, Gandalf for the crow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, here's Gandalf going. No, no, I don't need you to take the ring. I've got a midget to do it for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you Not like when we're can... in peril. Yeah. <laughs> take, take him as far as you can fly. <laughs> <laughs> no, none of that. Yeah, they're a stonking bunch of miniatures there. Oh. Where have I gone? Here's my wizard. Did we find a Radagast? Uh, Not be... yet. There he, a is. There. there he is. Now, is this one covered in bird <laughs> and has he got a <laughs> chariot pulled by... Beagles oh, it he's a he's a young, handsome looking Radagast, useful. not a weird, washed yeah. out Doctor Who looking Radagast. Yeah. <laughs> who who would have thought? Quite a noble looking man, isn't he? He's not covered in bird <laughs> at all. <laughs> it's a crying shame. We came for the bird, but we were sadly disappointed. Yeah. It's a really nice, just ranger, actually. That's- that does look like very nice, Ranger. You're right. I can't remember the one they do the blue wizards. I think they do the blue wizards. There he that, is. That one. Ah, Wizard of the East. Oh, there's and, Radagast. Oh, there's, oh, there's the oh, no. guy we Drummond. know. <laughs> Being older and more chay. He's got a cat. He's got a cat. That's me in Lord of the Rings form. They're his familiars. Yeah. Now, who's blue. the blue? I like they don't come into it very well. Yeah. 
The blue so, wizards don't come into it very much. Yeah. So they're, they're the ones that travel all the way over to the east, and it's presumed that they died trying to stop the sort of Haradrim and the and and, and those kind of those forces. Over and there. being the blue wizard, they obviously have the finest wizard sleeves of all the wizards. <laughs> yes, makes sense. That would get. That, I thought so. <laughs> have, a, have a quick look through some of the uh, the fun dead. Yeah, they do some great stuff that you could be used for, like, Barrow Whites and all sorts of different things. Mm. So cool. Not Barry White. Barrow. Not Barry White, yeah. Well, it could be that as well. <laughs> they, they, would, they would sing you to sleep. They'd, they'd, they'd then just kill you afterwards. That would be the... So. Yeah. This wow. is obviously this was a scene that was missed out in the movies and obviously in the radio player and everything as well. Yeah, where they, they go to they go to the Barrow Downs and they get captured by the Whites and then they are freed by Tom Bombadilio. Oh, good old Tom! <laughs> Next, some stuff on the way out. Yeah. Take good. these Barrow Blades; they will be useful. <laughs> this is the thing, though. You can play any Lord of the Rings playthrough or whatever it be. Just chuck Tom Bombadil in the middle, and it changes yeah, yeah. everything. Yeah. Dwarves, the most oh, important here we of are all dwarves. dwarves. Yeah. Well, there's somebody fighting, and then there's somebody writing. Which is better? That's the question. Supporting all dwarf hobbies. Oh, there's the. Oh no, are they orcs or orcs? Which They're one orcs. are they? They put them at orcs. Yeah. Although orcs and goblins and orcs are more or less the same thing. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's just differences in naming conventions for them, really. But uh, but that that's like the last stand of. Of Ori. Oh, I look think. at his little sleeping yeah. cat. Yes, yes, that is. In the chamber of Marzable. <laughs> Just reminds me of Naked Gun. Yeah. Do you want a do you want a nightcap? No thanks. I don't know. Uh, that's the that's the book that Gandalf reads from when they go into Balin's tomb. So oh, my cannot get out. <laughs> we cannot get out. Yeah. That I, 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 in, a, in a strange sort of like aside. A couple of weeks ago, I went to go and see my parents, and we were just mm. chatting about normal things. And then my my mum went, you like Lord of the Rings? And she's like, what's your favourite moments? And I went, why did you ask it? And she was like, I just want to know. And uh, I was she I was like, oh, it's a bit where, Ar- where Aragorn's leaning over Boromir when he's died in, in the Fellowship of the Rings. That's one of my favourite bits. And then she went, oh, that's nice. And I went, oh, God, I'm actually tearing up a little bit now. <laughs> and she was like, what? And I was like, yes, I'm getting emotional about a scene that I'm not actually watching. So... <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> that's a bit. That's a bit of the tree where he leans over and he goes, yeah. "You deserve that, you twat." Well, yeah, that's the other <laughs> interpretation. Yeah, please don't. Yeah. That's you had a shield. Not so, not so Why emotional. did you not use the shield? Oh, I love Gollum on the rock. Yeah, Gollum, Gollum on the log is great. I want to add him into many yeah. different board games I have, especially that includes Walter. Yeah. Gollum on the raft at the back is fab. Lord of the Ring creatures. Oh. Tom. I love that Tom Bombadil's a creature. <laughs> well, he's a Bombadil. He's, he's not a human. He wouldn't That's fend true. human or wizard. No. So what's he doing with the One Ring? Why has Tom Bombadil got the One Ring? Did he? Did he? Did so, he have it at one point? Or so when they when they're traveling out of the Shire, they go through the old forest, and in the old forest, they meet Tom Bombadil and Goldberry. And when they're in Tom Bombadil's house, um, Frodo hands over the ring to. Tom Bombadil, and he just takes it and plays with it and makes it disappear, makes it re- re- return, and he's not affected by it at whatsoever. Uh, and when Frodo's like, you should take it, he's like, oh no, this is, I don't bother about these kind of things. So he, he's like a weird... Ooh, being. Yeah, sort of otherworldly, almost godlike figure. So, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, uh, and there's his wife. 
And there's his wife. Good old Goldberry. Goldberry. He was punching up, shall we say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well done, Tom. Well done, Tom Bombadil. <laughs> High five. Dudes like that, they, they show us that there's hope for all of us. Mm, yeah. So. Vignette, I'm just, the vignettes you could create from things are gorgeous, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. Because a lot of this stuff is for areas of Middle Earth that this is up north. You've isn't never it? even seen some of this. Yeah. All the northern tribes up by the mm. ice flows and all that kind of thing that mm-hmm. you never see and stuff. So, but yeah, it's a truly, well, as we've seen, in depth collection for yeah. basically everything Middle Earth, really. I, so. I'm just going to scroll down to the bottom and go, here's the humans. Uh, and and oh. many, many pages of the humans, including there's one of the five there. So, you can that's see a it. cool take. It's. I love the tash. Very yeah, different. That's glorious, isn't it? Very different from what you see. It's lemmy. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's lemmy in Lord of the Rings. That, that makes a lot of sense. I can see that happening. Plus oh. pages upon pages of, of the sure. uh, the men. And as they go back in time, uh, you'll, he transitions from his, <gasps> a lot more of the older stuff is Got just no the, the miniature, the newer uh-huh. stuff when he start doing CAD design, you'll see the renders as well. Um, yeah. But it's interesting how he's he's managed to keep his sculpting style, hmm. even though he's Sim- transitioned yeah, yeah. from traditional yeah. to, um, I suppose, modern. Although I, I don't approve of modern. <laughs> but what's quite nice about this uh, as, as well, when you talk about like his sculpting style, hmm. is that it's fascinating that it, so, it remains so almost true proportioned. Yes. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the time when you see fantasy stuff, from sort big of like heads, 70s and 80s big called hands. Big Heads, Big Hands, because that's what draws the eye and stuff to the tabletop. But because these have been designed as collector's pieces to try and make them as applicable to the books as possible, they all have that true sort of quality to them. So it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. And there are, because I mean, that's not even halfway through. There are <laughs> now up to 10 pages. Wow. There are You're going to find many, some many, really. Many, 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 many. Uh, occasionally you will find if, hmm, can I get to the last page? I think. <laughs> I think about page 10 or 12 is the last page ooh, ooh, ooh. they do things at Christmas and they'll do them <gasps> in 54 so one offs and, and larger collector's pieces there's oh, Baromir wow. in 54 yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, way back there's 1997's Theoden that's the Christmas the Christmas collector's piece Ninety-seven. I would have been 10 years old. So I was there, Gandalf. I was there 3,000 years ago. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't do anything. When the strength of my wallet failed. <laughs> yeah, the, That's uh, a nice thing. Also a nice thing they do, they do it on their face page as well, uh, mm. but they have galleries where people who have bought and painted the miniatures then just send in their pictures going, here's what I've done. Uh, and as you can see, there's been a fair few. Uh, and you can just start going to, let's open a Gary McNancy. See what they're like. Oh, they're quite nice. I like them. I approve. You can see the the sort of how various people have painted them up. That one's fab. Which is really nice because it's not just professional painters, it is just collectors putting these in. And yeah. you'll see all <clears throat> ranges of painting style and skill uh, from people who are just doing the very, very basics to people who are doing, you know, stunning display pieces uh, and all points in between. <laughs> I am trying to help you. That's yeah. what that says to me. Is it? Bow back. 
Get your ass out of the chair, Bill. <laughs> I'm not going to endanger one of my pigeon friends when you <laughs> No, sorry. No, can't say that one. Do you want an interesting 1997 fact? Mm. What happened in 1997? Right. In 1997, there was a young guy. He was 14 years old. His name was Nathan Zoner. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he won first prize in his science fair project. Okay. And his science fair project was he managed to get 43 out of 50 of his classmates to um, sign a, peti- a petition to vote to ban dihydrogen monoxide dihydrogen monoxide um uh, he managed to get 43 of his 50 classmates um to sign that petition to vote for the banning of that uh substance because 100 of people who have had it have died yes 100 of people who have taken this substance have died so it's um now to get the to you're probably wondering where's the science fair aspect to this, and this is why it's relevant to today, because back in 1997, he was he his project was to prove that the use of true facts can lead an ignorant public to false conclusions. Mm. So yes, you can use a true fact. But that doesn't mean that the people that you're telling the fact to understand what the hell they're listening to. Mm-hmm. Because another name for dihydrogen monoxide is H2O. Um, oh! Water. They wanted to ban water. No. Oh, there you go. He, he didn't want to ban water. He wanted he, to prove that he, he, people he would ban it if it sounded scary. That people yeah. would ban it if they didn't understand what they were saying. for clogs. Wasn't he? And, yeah. and fake news. And so back in 1997, young Nathan Zoner was uh, was well ahead uh, of the curve <laughs> on that one. There we go. I wonder what he's doing now. <laughs> there you go. There's your 1997 fact. Um, yeah, and Titanic won 11 Oscars that year. Oh, there we go. It's good. To know. Yeah. Titanic okay. did not, in fact, go down in 1997. Uh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> Slightly earlier than that. But there we have it. So there is Mithril Miniatures. Um, Love it. We haven't even scratched the surface. If you if you're a fan of Lord of the Things, uh, you should definitely have a look. Like I say, it is specifically Lord and Hobbit these days, but in there you'll find the occasional gem from some of his other works. Before the uh, the licensing was sort of tightened up over time, uh, so you may find the occasional little nugget, little lost gem somewhere. I've got uh, Gandalf confronting. Grima and uh, Theoden. Oh. Mithril, which is yeah. a really nice little set. Cool. Yeah. I bought it in the midst of time. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not made it into even priming yet. <laughs> I couldn't find it when I looked through the website, though. So It'll be one of them ones where... Oh, oh, who knows, Sherry? Who knows? Exactly. That's your mortgage covered, man. I'm keeping it. It's mine. Can't have it. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to take a quick swish, and when we come back, we'll be having a look at the news. Coming to you from the center of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that shit you love. It's the motherfucking news. <laughs> okay, folks, so kicking off the news, it's all about me. 
me, me, me. <laughs> uh, Mantic have announced Firefight is coming. Uh, mm. Coming in April. Uh, coming up for pre-order this weekend. This weekend, yeah. yeah. So uh, if people are unaware, Firefight is their, I suppose, large skirmish game uh, within the Warpath universe. So Warpath is the big overarching game. Firefight is the large skirmish, and then Dead Zone is the small sort of unit-based skirmish game um, that all exist part and parcel together, supplemental, if you will. So this has been in uh, beta for the last sort of year uh, where I've been playing around with it. Um, and they've done quite a lot of changes uh, for people who played the, the first edition. So Warpath mm -hmm. was very much Kings of War or Apocalypse for 40K fans. Um, before apocalypse where you didn't remove individual models you removed units no. this is more like a 40k style game where you have uh units with individual figure removal in there um but andy who's a big dead zone community member um has worked with mantic in doing the alpha rules and then went into beta and uh from there they've come up with a new system where it's using d8 so it sits neatly above dead zone for people who've got in via the smaller game, uh, but then also includes a command and control system uh, within there using a set of command dice that are very familiar for people who've played Vanguard, uh, allowing you to play out larger games, but in a very quick, uh, easy manner, but still giving mm -hmm. you a lot of choices as to what you can do. Uh, and by varying up the leader in charge uh, of your faction, you can have very different effects on the tabletop so a enforcer with a recon sergeant will play different than an enforcer with a peacekeeper captain because they have access to different command abilities one will be more sneaky and scouty and snipey one will be more get up close jump back into their faces and then punch them repeatedly with uh fiberblades <laughs> which is all good um the new set will contain these new hard plastic enforcers or sorry marauders um which are essentially orcs there are those orcs that you wanted that look tough and me and mm. can kill you, Warren. So there you go. Mm, very much so. <laughs> um, they're not comedy orcs. So no. They're, they're an interesting faction within the, the Warpath universe in that they found them essentially savages on a world. Uh, the right. GC gcps rocked up and went oh my god look at these things they're sort of naturally immune to low level radiation they're really tough uh they're beefy things let's take them off planet and train them up uh fill them full of protein powder and send them on their way uh, <laughs> and, and they also love to fight and they train them to be the best soldiers the best forces they had and then eventually the marauders went why are we doing this for humans i rebelled <laughs> i just went so they now rampage the universe That's and cool. there's a lot of time spent trying to suppress them from actually becoming the dominant force in the universe they should have left them on their planet never interfere yeah. uh, but it's it's great to see a new take on firefight changing the rules in a way that makes it more accessible and faster playing um and also by grab Thar's hammer there's a lot in that box for people who want to get into it so 71 what, minutes what, i'm going to quiz you on this what's yes. going to make me want to play it jerry it's um what what, what where it's does the, it it's the where does it control from the normal where, where where am i finding the the it's, spice in this so you've got alternate activation it's not i go you go um mm -hmm. so you're constantly having to decide what you're going to do with your plan for whatever the, the mission is you're playing uh but at the same time you've got options from the command dice that your opponent also can then hamper you uh so you're constantly having to be flexible be fluid 
when you're you're trying to achieve your goal you're not just going i've got turn one i've got all the big guns i'm going to just blow you off the tabletop um it's, it's so i move a unit then my opponent moves a unit yes but so, but, but, but before then, but, all of but, that do we roll for some like is it saga-esque in terms of how no, the, the, command the, works the, the little command dice here um i wonder if i can actually show you a better picture of those let me do this yes there we go so depending on your commander you'll get these command dice which will have either one two or three symbols and blank faces on them and you may have different levels of commander so you'll be rolling different numbers of these and then these give you your command points for the turn and they can be used to roll extra dice get extra abilities maybe activate something twice you have this this difference and flexibility within the actual rule set that, mm -hmm. that comes out and it's there are certain things that are standard for everybody so everybody can spend the points to improve a dice roll or improve the amount of dice you're rolling for something but then there's also the specific command structures within the forces that will have their own individual little options so enforcers who are about hit and run um will have the options to do certain things or marauders who are a bit more get up close shoot and punch uh will have will have their own options and you can find that you can blow through all your command points and try to be very spectacular and do something that might punch a hole in your opponent's line for next turn and then what will happen is the following turn or not the following turn before you get the chance to do that your opponent then gets his turn he'll bring up somebody from reserve he'll use his command dice to thwart you so mm -hmm. you've got a, a lot of back and forth but tied to it as a very um very simple and how does simple how mechanic. does the, the game handle terrain and the likes does it feel like um it it, it integrates with the terrain or uh, does it, the terrain does. become I, a wee bit no no more very simple it's it's there are more fleshed out rules for buildings and going into buildings and accessing them but then it also has the the sort of the flow for that dead zone has where it it uses terrain very um organically if your squad is is partially hidden behind it then you get the chance to sort of lie and wait behind it you don't have to spend a lot of time trying to work out where people are and are see not. that's good and that's yeah. that's one of the things that i love most about dead zone yeah is um i didn't quite i uh, like it took me a while to completely grasp its genius hmm. but its abstraction of uh terrain and the grid system yeah. really does make for a fantastic game and i'm just wondering like have they that's what speed thing speeds things up you know you can still narratively you know have it in your mind these guys are all kind of moving around and yeah. they're, they're ducking in behind the terrain and stuff like that but it yeah, but at the same time i'm long past sitting with laser measures trying to work out who's yeah. uh, who can see who and uh and and whatnot as if everything's no. just static on Th the tabletop th thankfully not it's it's almost like a blend between kings of war and dead zone where the train has heights and the like so you're just going well that technically counts as being height three i've got a height four walker or i've got a flyer that counts as height six i'm, I'm over the top so i can i can see you and then how much can be seen will mm -hmm. let you know how much sort of cover you're going to get. Um, the, nice. other thing, the other thing they're doing is releasing strike forces. So um, seven strike forces coming for release. So Forge Fathers, Marauders, uh, GCPS. Man, yeah. I love those walkers. The so Astrians. Cool. <laughs> uh, enforcers, filth. 
Uh, Fearman. Oh, everybody yeah. Loves, everybody loves tumblers. Look at that. You're one step away from crying there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the plague um, are getting them. And these nice. are these are coming in 75 quid. I roughly ran through it because I've got That's the beta. That's pretty damn good. Too. Yeah. I've, I've got the beta rules, so I've totaled them up. And they're coming out between 800 and 1,000 points. Firefight plays. Firefight base game is a four by four with a thousand points. So mm -hmm. in some cases, the plague, that's your pretty much your force. Boom, done. In some of the other ones, you may have to buy a unit or two, but you're not having to buy much. Yeah. A couple of those strike forces, uh, you and your friend can can go ahead and start playing Very cool. immediately. Yeah. Um so it's 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 gonna be fascinating to see the uptake. It's it was always um the the child in there. Warpath had a very defined idea. Dead Zone had a very defined idea, and then Firefight almost felt like it had sort of been pushed out to fill a gap, but without much thought behind how it was going to fill that gap and whether or not people wanted it there. Um, and it suffered for it in the first edition. So this edition, uh, I think, brings in the the sort of the benefits of of the Dead Zone style of play in the D8 system, along with the the command and control structure of the command. Well, here's system. my here's my final question for you. I'm entering true grog grognard territory. Yes. <laughs> Feel free. These days, mm. um, I basically say to companies, "Yeah, lovely armies. I've got tons already. Yep. <laughs> I want to bring my. I'm just going to bring my own army. So if I want to bring my pewdie pew laser mushroom men of hell, yes, to this game, yes. Question one: Is it worth the effort to do that? And two, does the game lend itself to me taking some of the, my sci-fi armies and saying, well, do you know what? I'll have a lot of fun with that sci-fi army yeah. using these rules to, to play out a game. Absolutely no reason why you can't. And it'd be a case of just going, well, what, what would be the best um, bit for that? The, the, the best yeah. list to use to Yeah, to something as a so, starting point. Yeah, because yeah, I'm sitting, I've got a ton of Sedition Wars, um, their version of the Plague, which was like a nano technology and mm -hmm. they have very similar weird and wacky constructs of aliens and humans that have been melded symbiotically with machinery and this nanotech that's sort of gone through them all they look very different to the plague that exists in in mantic's warpath universe but i could still use them as that and it's we just see about, i just have finding the right proxies for them i have some a couple of at-43 armies lying around that Space i want apes. to yeah, you can I use the space, space apes as yeah, enforcers, yeah. maybe. I've got space apes. Well. And I also yeah. have, do you remember the, the, the bad guys, the dark, yes, the black, the, the Therians or Tetrians? I would start with Therians. Anyway. Yes, yeah. termites, Jerry, termites. <laughs> I have the termites. And, um, uh, you know, once again, you know, I, I, so, you know, I'm looking at these things uh, and I think to myself, yeah, it's a, you know, it's all, it's all well and good. But mm. hey, you know, <clears throat> A lot of us have now been in this game for some time now, yeah. um, and we have our armies and things like that there. Yeah, is it worth having a crack at the game so you could go down to the local club and still give yeah. the guys who are getting into think, this a run think, for their money? I think one of the nice things about it is that the philosophy that Mantic have always seemed to have anyway from the outside, even from its inception really, was the idea of taking things from other games, and here's a set of rules that you can use. Like all of Kings of War, you could make those armies out of billions of different combinations of, of forces. So I don't see why it would be any different sort of also like yeah, in, uh, in, in the grand scheme of things to do the same thing for Warpath. And, I and imagine at some point so. we'll get a 
free set of the rules up on the website. They normally do it a month or so after yeah. launch uh, with the basic rules for people to have a look at. At the moment, you could probably still grab the beta rules from the uh, Facebook group if people want to have a look through them. They're not particularly long. Um, List-wise, like I say, there's seven armies there already. Uh, I don't, there's a couple of other factions that they haven't gone near because they're not really supposed to be full armies. They work in dead zones, so like Rebs, the Rebels fighting against right, yeah. the G, like, yeah. like the, the brown coats from Firefly. Um, eventually, they could probably become a full army, but at the moment, they're not there, so I don't think they're, they have a list at the moment or the nameless. Makes uh, sense. And the, the, the thing about this but, is... But they can expand on that in time. Yeah, in our industry, right... Uh, <laughs> The entire industry follows uh, when it come when they come to do their sci-fi games and their fantasy games. They follow specific archetypes. Yeah, certain tropes. Okay, so uh, you know, uh, so and the archetypes are pretty much standard right across the board. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it, it's I don't think it'll be too difficult to no. find an archetype in there that'll suit an army that I have. Yeah, yeah. you I could mean, probably you could probably find a whole bunch of stuff three D printing wise from the folks oh, on yeah. page rules. One page rules have done a hell of a lot of armies that could be used as pretty much anything yeah. in uh, mm. in Warpath or Firefight. So. And you'll be able to grab yeah. the uh, the rules by themselves. So the rules come in two books: the rule book and the army list book. So once you've once you've made your army list, you don't need to bring it with you. You can just bring the rule book. And after that, the only thing you need are D8 and then the uh, the command dice, um, which they'll be selling separately. Uh, so it's it's not a major in position if you're looking to, to just pick up the rules to play with existing yeah. forces. Yeah. And like you say, there's plenty of existing forces out there from the past 40-odd years of uh, sci-fi yeah. gaming that you can chuck whatever you want on the top. <laughs> so whether you think your mushroom men would be better as marauders or maybe as some sort of terrible underground vermin threat, <sighs> you know, a tide of mushroom men welling up from the ground. I you think know so. about that if they can let you. In a, in a big mushroom drill. Big Wait, mushrooms. Yes. What? <laughs> mushrooms will go through concrete you know what's next mushroom what's next well yeah what's next going from the dark and gritty to well just friendship is magic really so we're seeing two <laughs> new My Little Pony titles and like, it's such a difference such a difference in the, I couldn't think of a smooth segue guys I couldn't um, yeah. we've got two new My Little Pony titles heading to our tabletops um, so we've got the official announcement from Renegade uh, with My Little Pony role playing game and for, uh, My Little Pony deck building game as well so starting with the RPG, what Jerry is on at the moment, uses the core book there. So it puts players into a custom storytelling journey that is centred around, you guessed it, friendship and magic. So uh, they'll create their own bespoke character at the universe of Ponyville, uh, coming against conflict, threats uh, within Equestria <laughs> and many an adventure with villains and story and character creation involved. If you do pre-order this from Renegade right now during the pre-order period, you do get a free PDF as well. So this isn't coming out until quarter three this uh, this year. So we don't know when exactly this is going to come out, but you've got plenty of time to pre-order and plenty of time to get PDF to add to your digital library as well. So if you are keen into dipping into the world, there is also a character journal to log development, additional adventure, the GM screen, dice set, dice bag, and a very special deluxe edition of the Coral Book, if you're feeling fancy. And there's only 3,000 copies made, and it's bound in foil, and it costs the same. Costs and when you buy that, you get branded with your own pony mark. Yeah. So they come around and stick it on your rump. Good. So. Richard. <laughs> 304 pages for that. It's a pretty weighty Quite pony. chunky, isn't I've it? Got, I've got real RPGs that have less pages than that. Oh, no, 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 no. Hang on, though. 
No. Hang on though. I have to I have I've got a confession to make here. Go on. I've role played in Equestria probably more in the last three years than I have in in D and D. So it's you know what kind Dude, of pastel I'm, did you go for? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I I, he's, I he's had not, I created the, my own pony, a little shadow. tornado on his arse. Oh. So, uh, so he was he was real kind of ADHD kind of swag pony. Anyway, so um, I went round and I ate all the pies. I basically did what I would do as a pony. But as a pony, yeah, and it was great. I ate all the pies. I, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I helped uh, a pony uh, find a lost pet. Oh, ponies have pets too, apparently. So, yeah, and a little tiny humans. <laughs> yeah, my, my little, my own little trip of ponies. Uh, all love the ponies. <laughs> And uh, they love throwing the poly dice and, and stuff like that. So I think know, it's going to be great for kids. I think it's going it to be, really gonna be great for kids because it does so. teach that natural empathy and what you need to do working together in a friendship scenario. But it's, yeah, that's I didn't grasp. I didn't grasp that bit. That bit, that, that bit was a bit lost on me, to be honest. Yeah. For me, it was it was about it was the, the pies, pies. yeah. <laughs> it was the pies, yeah. But you see, as you know, as Warren's just said, the RPG uh, there is an RPG with River Horse at the minute, which is Tales of Equestria. I know there's a fair few people running campaigns through this, so there is no reason to create and adapt that campaign into what's coming up in the Renegade system as well. It's more stories and adventure. So, along with the role playing game, uh, My Little Pony: Equestrias of Equestria deck building game is coming soon. So, uh, players are heading off into deck building adventure. They need to quest their way through different locations, build up a team, collaborate, and overcome anything that may jeopardise all that good, clean friendship magic. So they will be required to hunt for different resources as a way of improving their deck and journey on through the story. So I like that other one. If you do pre-order this one, you get a free maple pack as well to add to your missions. Uh, so that's all on the Renegade story at the minute. So. When, when I initially saw this, I thought it was going to be like a collectible sort of deck building style game. But actually, I really like that it's all actually just self-contained and it's just the one cooperative adventure. I think that's really cool. Yes. Um, yes. And Don't it, let the skin fool you. Weirdly <laughs> enough, like exactly never let the skin fool you. Because I was back in the day, I played, I say back in the day, <laughs> about five in years In my time. Ago, I played, my friend was really into just any kind of card game. And so he picked up the My Little Pony one because he heard that it was really good mechanics in it mm-hmm. and i played it and i was like ah nah it's my little pony i'm not gonna give this a go and then i sat down and played the game and it was genuinely mechanically very very good so i'm kind of hoping that renegade have managed to pull off something similar and they've gone don't worry about the the look of it if you want to sit down with your kids or your family and play a really fun card game hopefully this will work quite nicely and be a mechanically mm-hmm. satisfying game as well wacky fun speaking <laughs> of quirky food then ben Yes. You know how we were saying earlier that when it comes to miniatures within our sort of our, our industry, they're all kind of mm. follow the same kind of feel and yes. that kind of thing, which is generally the case, apart from in the case of Quirky Unlimited, who are actually working with an artist called Art Vidir, uh to create a range of food fight miniatures in 32 millimeter scale. Now, as you can see, the artwork is pretty wild. <laughs> but the idea, man! Exactly. The, the idea of this is that the the artist art has taken um these miniatures and stuff uh that are sort of based on uh sort of fast food or fruit and vegetables that was kind of like the main theme of it was like fruit and vegetables battling against each other and then quirky limited have come along with their sculptor called graph 
very cool moniker, uh, who has then turned these into the models, models that you're going to see in the new story. Uh, and it's actually a really nice blend of kind of traditional sort of D&D style classes then mixed in with all the different types of food. Uh, so the one that sort of was like caught everybody's attention when we first saw it was the hot dog uh, sorcerer or the hot dog wizard that you see there, mm-hmm. which I just think is fantastic. And what's really cool about what we've seen so far from the renders, and actually you'll see some of the miniatures later as well, is that they actually oh. have come across really nicely from the initial drawings. I think so much of the fun and the character has been kept. And a lot of the kind of... Um, sort of action to the sculpt as well. Uh, so a lot of the stuff that sort of makes the, the miniatures pop is sort of carried over really nicely to these. You'll see it in the French Fry Warlock as well, which is just a weird thing to say. Has that, has that wait, 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 go back there, Jerry. Has that hot dog yes, got a, a, is that a Prince Albert in his tongue? What, what, what's going on there? <laughs> is that a pierced tongue on a hot dog? It could be a pierced tongue. I was hoping it was saliva. All right, oh, okay. <laughs> Because it's got yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. It did lose. That's a nice touch. He's, he's even got a, there's a Prince Albert in my hot dog. <laughs> he's even got a sort of like Harry Potter style lightning scar, but made out of oh, yeah. mustard. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a nice little touch. But, uh, you are yeah, total geek, aren't you, boy? Oh, you are total yeah, geek. Definitely. Um, like the, the French Fry Warlock is amazing. And oh. I really like how this translates over into the render as well, because act- they've actually managed to graph the sculptor has actually managed to put the kind of like sigil on top of the book. Oh. I think it's really oh. awesome. And it's, it's a really interesting one because obviously you've got the kind of almost... <laughs> absurd nature of the mm-hmm. food mm-hmm. then he kind of looks it. like an unhappy meal doesn't he <laughs> yes he does exactly <laughs> yeah. 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 you got like that absurd nature of the food then mixed with a very almost so serious much. sculpt for the fantasy armor and the clothing and the accessories so it's a really nice sort of mashup of the two haha <laughs> mash that's the face I make when someone nicks a chip off my chip back. off the old block. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear! Uh, but we've seen a couple more. So we've got the the red velvet sort of warrior templar there as well, which I think was really cool. So it's red like velvet. velvet so he's, he, is he a cake? Is he, he a, cake. a cake? Oh, yeah. I like the um, red velvet cake with the ice cream sundae. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. crest there, which is very nice. It's so funny because they almost look normal, but then you see their heads. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I like to imagine they've all been turned. They were all human. And they've been turned into these, yeah. Because otherwise it makes no sense. <laughs> of yeah. course, yeah. What? And then you've got the the jelly the jelly crossbowman. Oh! <laughs> Which I'm fairly certain is modelled after uh, Intelligent Mr. Toad. It does uh, look a lot Ma- like him. Ma- though, yeah. Michael. Yeah. <laughs> you can get oh, shot with an arrow. I see what, what you mean. <laughs> Yeah. If he got shot with an arrow, that would go straight through. Yeah, it would. Yeah, 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 but like a ballistic block being shot yeah. by a magnet. Straight away <laughs> oh, yeah. through. Uh, and then his head would wobble. Yeah, so um, obviously these are sort of in the works at the moment. These are some of the early 3D prints that have come out, and I think you're, I think you're going to agree they've come out really nicely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, these were sculpted by one of the people sort of working with them behind the scenes. Um, the, the idea is that they're initially going to come out as STL files, so you'll be able to print them off and, and get them nice. at home. Uh, but they are then going to look to see what the kind of demand is like uh, mm. going forward, and then they'll turn them into uh, physical miniatures. They, as I say, they're going to do them in 32 mil, so you'll be able to use them if you really wanted to for your sort of fantasy games on the tabletop. Uh, and then they're also going to be um, making additional sort of painters' pieces in 54 mil as well. So if you wanted to get a massive hot dog uh, and paint it up to put on the <laughs> shelf, then you can do that as well, which I think is really nice. 
Because who doesn't want a big dog? Yay! So that's, that's it. So day, we're all there. I mean, Grubhammer then from now on. Yes. yes. Grubhammer, yeah. <laughs> the donut guy. I love the the pizza guy as well. They're pretty good. Yeah. yeah. They, they have they have quite yeah. the quite the depth of stuff to draw from. There, so it's really love nice. it. Yeah. Okay. What's next? Okay. There's something really exciting happening over at Restoration Games. If you're keen on diving into the ever-growing world of Unmatched, it's been a long time coming, but we finally get to see Marvel releases this month. So, reinforcements arrive, bringing back, bringing back, bringing the Redemption Row and Hell's Kitchen into the fray. No, I was really disappointed to find out that Hell's Kitchen does not, in fact, have Golden Ramsay in it. Just to claim <laughs> for you, really disappointed. I could think of loads of different abilities with a kitchen knife named Yes Chef or Idiot Sandwich. Anyway. <laughs> there are two new sets released in this month so you've got in the, um, in the first one you've got Luke Cage Moon Knight Ghost Rider characters with miniatures as well uh, in the Redemption Robux which can be purchased now and you've got Electra, Daredevil and Bullseye in the Hell's Kitchen box due at the end of the month so Redemption Row fletches Moon Knight's Ability to interchange into different personalities. Luke Cage stands tall, hard as nails, flexing his titanium skin and mighty strength. And Ghost Rider is so hot that you're going to need a pint of milk, really, as he's channeling his hellfire for brutal attack. You're heading over to Daredevil's Playground in the Hell's Kitchen box with Daredevil proving to be strongest when he's exhausted, which I find to be incredibly infuriating personally. Electra is <laughs> um, bringing in her size as well to the party. She can kick back when she gets a knockdown and Bullseye unleashes brutal strikes from anywhere across the board. Pretty good assassin in all fairness. Again, I just want to add, disappointingly, no Golden Ramsay in this box. So... <laughs> As I said, first two instalments from Marvel are coming to Unbatch this month, but also joining the fray this year, we've got a teen spirit box with Miss Marvel, Squirrel Girl and Cloak and Dagger. And there's a for King and Country box coming up with Black Widow, Black Widow, Black Panther and the Winter Soldier. Plus, if you do see him out in the wild, as Jerry just saw yeah. there, the first of the Marvel releases are already out. It's quite Deadpool. difficult to get your hands on, but Deadpool is available to purchase. Skullpipple. If you do want to add him to your cohort of Marvel characters. Unmatched is a lot of fun. I get a lot of fun out of Unmatched. Um, and really adding cool super... It is. Adding superheroes to it is going to really change the dynamic. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be quite fun to send the likes of Ghost Rider against Buffy and Willow, or, yeah. or against some rat. Well, against, against Buffy, maybe he'll get yeah. done up like a kepper by. He Willow. will do. That, that's the thing that's really, really good about the Unmatched series and what Restoration has done as a whole is that they took that they took that concept from the the original sort of game back way back when, mm. and they've were sort of reinvigorated with this idea that they can plumb the depths of all popular culture mm-hmm. and somehow mechanically make it so that it all works really nicely together. Yeah. So you could have three raptors going up against Daredevil from like Jurassic Park and stuff, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, and it just means that it's very collectible. Uh, there's lots of different thing, boxes you can pick up. and Or if you're, you know, specifically focused on the idea of just liking Marvel things, just yeah. buy these two boxes and have fun with that. Mm-hmm. And it should give you plenty of evenings of entertainment. So mm-hmm. Very cool stuff. Indeed. Fascinating. Historically Thanks. interesting, though. The Baron's War. Yeah. Oh, yes. So the Baron's War uh, from the folks over at Warhost and their lovely partnership with with uh, 
futsal miniatures games. Uh, we did mention that they're going to be heading to the Crusades with their Outreamer uh, campaign in the near future like this year. Uh, but Hobdy has been showing off some sculpts as he is wont to do to make everybody drool over the work of Paul Hicks once more. <laughs> and so we've got a couple of really awesome previews this week. So we've got the Knights of, St. of the Order of St. John there, which I thought was fantastic amazing looking um sort of like crusading warriors I, I have a thing about like crusaders and paladins and so seeing these guys with those really badass helms and the oh. big cloaks and the robes and stuff it's just dude from um indiana, indiana jones, jones. Indiana jones. jones. There as well, yeah yeah he goes for the in going on the crusades but brothers <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You've got the ones that are, the ones that obviously died before. Mm. Yeah. You've also got a really fun set of um, pilgrims. Now, what was really nice about this is that he said that a lot of times outlaws would pick on the pilgrims as they're heading to the Hoedown. And he said, but sometimes the pilgrims knew how to fight back. And so you've got these guys who have like picked up their knives and cudgels and sticks and staves and all kinds of things. And they're just trying to beat up the bandits that have come to get them. I think it's really awesome. And again, just filled with all the character and the sort of um, the nuance that you get from, from, uh, from Hicks's work, which is fantastic. Mm. And uh, yeah, some really fun little models. There. This is Lloyd's Crusade here. This is like the Peasant's yeah, yeah. Crusade. Yeah, 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 Lloyd, yeah, yeah. Lloyd and his three bodies. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He'll have even more miniatures to pick up and paint. Yeah, that's the mm -hmm. uh, we've also got a look at sort of, um, I guess you'd say it's sort of the other side as well. So you've got the Ayubid Spearman as well. So mm. these are kind of, from what the I, character in their faces. Exactly. Mm -hmm. sculpts are gorgeous. Like, he, he's a Hicks is amazing. There's a reason why he sculpts for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everybody and their mum. Uh, uh, but um, I really like these because they've been sort of done up as kind of like, obviously, the forces that perhaps would have fought into the Saladin and that kind of mm -hmm. thing. But this was also during the period where there was a little bit of a peace between sort of the Crusader states and Saladin and all that kind of thing as well. And so these could be used as mercenaries. They would have fought for the likes of the Franks and all that kind of thing as well. You could use them as bandits as part of like a sort of like a, a raiding caravan or something like that and all kinds of things. So there's some really nice bits and pieces in there. These are the spearmen in particular, uh, but they're going to be working on a whole bunch more as well, as as, as is the case normally with a lot of these um, Baron's War Kickstarters. Um, I would assume they're going to probably be looking at terrain and all sorts as well as they did last time too so. and this is a group of guys playing paper, paper. <laughs> i'm really oh, glad you yeah. said it was spearman because it really looks like <laughs> <laughs> that all rolling a dice cheering that's, up how, kind of down. <laughs> that's how the war for jerusalem was settled <laughs> <laughs> uh, what paper scissors here? Um, we also got a look at um, another preview for a sort of mini expansion that's being worked on for the Barons or as well. Uh, so this is the Greatest Knight, who is also going to be King Richard, isn't it? Well, it's William Marshall, mm. sir. William Marshall. Yeah. So this isn't necessarily just for the Crusades, although he did. Go he's not the Greatest Knight. He, he was labelled as so. What did he ever do for us? What did you do? Why are you so great? Well, I, I haven't researched extensively about William Marshall, but I do know that he basically was there at pretty much all of the pivotal events in the Middle Ages, more or less. So he fought for five different five kings. Five different kings. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He, he was the regent and protector. Great. Um, for uh, Henry the Third, so uh -huh. so when Henry came on the scene, uh, his dad went, "You know who needs to look after you? That this guy, this guy <laughs> here, look after you." Uh, his early life is almost almost more interesting than all the stuff that came later, and all the stuff that came later <laughs> almost fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, his dad was on site during the um, the 
Stephen and Matilda had a, a civil war uh, in the sort of the early period just after the Norman Conquest, and Dad changed sides from King Stephen to uh, <laughs> to Empress Matilda uh, during, and then obviously at the period of the anarchy, and uh, and little William got got grabbed by the other side, and when they were sieging Dad's castle, uh, they said, "We're going to kill your son." And his dad went, go ahead. The hammer and anvil that forged him still work. I'll make some better ones. And so they put him <laughs> onto a trebuchet bucket and we go, we'll fire him against the walls. How'd you like that? Do you, do you want that? Do you want us to splat your child? And eventually the the, um, the besiegers who had him trussed up and ready to lash him against the wall went, you know, I can't do that to your kid. So the greatest knight that ever lived could have been cut off very short because apparently oh, yeah. not daddy's favourite. No, <laughs> but I just love the fact that Dad went. Go ahead, do do. I don't care. I'll make I, more. I can make more, and they'll be better than he is. <laughs> and little did he know that William was going to go on to become the greatest knight. So great! It probably that. Do you know what? It happens to us all. You know, it's it's moments like that in our lives. You know, that us on uh, to become uh, to become greater. You know, mm. it's um, it's those old trebuchet moments. Oh yeah, that will do yeah. it, won't it? Yeah. <laughs> it won't be called watershed from now on. It'll be called trebuchet moments. That's yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fascinating look at uh, gorgeous sculpts there. Gorgeous mm. sculpts. Stunning so. stuff once again from Mister Hicks Esquire. Mm. Going a bit off piste though with the Warriors yeah. of the Jungle. Yeah, so uh, not quite a 3D printing as the shears, but a sort of update on what Raging Heroes have been doing recently. Uh, so obviously over on Patreon every month they do some new updates and things like that. Uh, we haven't talked about the ones from March this uh, this uh, this time around yet, but here's a look at the Warriors of the Secret Jungle that they've been working on. Uh, so over the past sort of while they've been doing kind of. Uh, I'd say alternative elven armies for you to use mm, in the likes of yeah. Age of Sigmar and that kind of thing. Now they've kind of changed tack and they've sort of done this really awesome set of miniatures that kind of would allow you to build a wild armory from the depths of the jungles. Uh, obviously very heavily sort of Aztec and Mayan inspired. There's a really nice mix of sort of more human looking individuals, as mm -hmm. you can see here, uh, alongside some very interesting sort of like uh, lizard folk uh, and all sorts of other strange creatures as well that have been worked into the mix too. Um, it's a very sort of vibrant and over-the-top range, which I think is really nice. He's one of my favourites. I love that guy. He's very cool. And also this kind of like skink sorceress, I think is really awesome. Uh, if you're sort of going down the kind of Age of sigmar -y Warhammer route, so it was pretty cool. Uh, you've also got the same thing as you'd normally find in all the Raging Hero releases. You've got all these different characters. You've also then got a whole bunch of sort of troops that you can use to sort of form the basis of your army. And then beyond that, you're going to have the big, huge terrain pieces that they always do, either of that kind of hero tier or sort of overlord tier as well. Axel later on down the line. And actually, <gasps> everyone loves an Axel. Turn out stuff this that beautiful, fast. this yeah. fast, and this consistent. Yeah, yeah, you like know, all, of, all of their sculpting possible? team must be in uh, must be insane. <laughs> like it's uh, it's pretty crazy. I assume they just chained a wall somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Got a slit shop going on. Yeah, make me a lizard priestess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> These are incredible, though. You know, really what, what an amazing! Like, yeah. I, I love their vampires. I thought their vampires, their vampires, were really nice. Elves are amazing. Uh, for goodness sake, you know, it's like wow. Yeah, obviously, all of these uh, sort of like thirty-two mil scale. So they'll be working with all the kind of heroic stuff out there, mm -hmm. all three D printable. So you'll download them and get your hands on them that way. Yes. Um, 
as we always say when it comes to these kind of things, there's a big community built up around the Raging Heroes um, team where mm-hmm. they can show you how to print all these off. Because obviously something like an axolotl map like that is mm-hmm. going to be something of a brain burner to get ready for the 3D printer, but mm-hmm. they've got plenty of people who will help you with that and guide you through it. The way that I see to use these, a lot of people will be like, oh, that'd be perfect for kind of like an alternative kind of Seraphon lizard money style thing. Mm-hmm. I say make these wood elves or like wood elves, but do that as like a jungle theme. Forest elves. Yeah. 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 Rainforests. I think that yeah. would be a really yeah, fun way to go with those. Your, mm-hmm. um, instead of instead of dryads and the like, you have your lizards. The wild creatures and yeah. the lizards and the, mm-hmm. and the sort of um, the feline folk as well. That'd be wow, a really wow, cool wow, way to wow. go. Oh yeah, wow. lots of things there for you to check out uh, over on their uh, Patreon this mm-hmm. month. The other really fun thing that I wanted to bring up as well, because we're nearing, uh, we're, we're coming close to it, is St. Patrick's week? Day. Yes, so St. Patrick's Day next week, uh, and of course, Raging Heroes <laughs> have done what only they could do to surmise all of the Irish culture. It's Jerry. <laughs> it's, and, they did a Jerry model. Provide us with a Jerry. Yeah, yeah that is. That, that will be not dissimilar yeah. to how I will look on some <laughs> uh, So you've got young Avia there, who is kind of like your Norse Gaelic Viking fellow uh, for you to drop into your games if you wanted to. Um, mm-hmm. Glugging back a fair amount of mead, I would imagine, mm-hmm. as is the want of a mighty warrior such as himself. Uh, there's also a uh, another special miniature as well, sort of going with the kind of like leprechaun pixie theme as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've got this one too, which comes with a little pot of gold. Little people, mate. Little people. We call them little people. <laughs> <laughs> the little people, sorry, yes. And I really like that the pot of gold that she's carrying around with her is dented because I love the fact that she uses that as a weapon, as a weapon and then she yeah. beats people up with it. And then even if the gold comes out of it, don't worry, there'll be more as it flows ever through. Mm-hmm. But yeah, very cool. And a tanker in the other hand as and well. A tanker in yep. the other hand so yeah. right and the pace is to go with it um but yeah so you can either buy either of those uh, individually as you can see so you can get young gay gear or silver yeah or you can buy both of them together in that sort of exclusive box there are still going to be models available up until some patch i want gay. that jerry mini i really want that jerry mini i, <laughs> I think i, I, I think everybody wants the uh the uh the i'm certain they're well it might be because they often do something because they have their own patron the the hero's infinite part mm-hmm. and if you get it in there you often get a, an, a unique model that you don't get on Patreon. Yeah, oh. there was a, there was yeah, a. And I, uh, I think it's yeah. a little. Yeah, there was like a little tiny sort of. Um, I can't remember what they're called. Sort of like little tiny Lulu, Lulu star middle that miniature that was available last week, oh, uh, but obviously that's gone currently. But so unfortunately, if you're going to get it now, you only get those two lovely models. They're oh, right. than the three, yeah. but yes, some very cool stuff. Me- missed out on another tinier person. Another tiny, tiny person. Tiny, tiny <laughs> person, but still very good. But yeah. So yes. some good stuff there to get sort of specifically for this month, really. So yeah. Happy yeah. days. What's next? Uh, so we finished things off with our sort of mandated Games Workshop news. So <laughs> for those people who are interested in the pre-orders coming up this weekend, it's all about Kill Team. Uh, so Kill Team Nakamund is going to be available pre-order this weekend. So you can go and check it out over on Store on Tabletop and get your hands on one of these for a tasty, tasty discount. Um, so yeah, this new set comes with the Corsair Void Scard and the Chaos Space Marines. As we've talked about in the past, I won't dwell on them too much, but it's a good way for you to dive in and pick up those. Um, if you've picked up the new Eldar, Eldari co- uh, Codex, for example, these would be great to sort of include in your um, your armies going forward. And of course, you've got the new Chaos Space Marines, or at least the new Chaos Space Marines brew attached to this sort of older plastic kit as well there. So if you want to dive in and have fun with that, you can, including the happiest Chaos Space Marine that has ever oh, lived. Oh, that guy. So, yeah, the guy in the middle. <laughs> oh, yeah. He does love life. <laughs> he does love um, life. 
Like I've seen his face photoshopped on so many different things. Yeah. There's a very fun one of the front cover of the first um, Horace Heresy book where they have changed every space marine yeah, face to that guy. So that's quite funny. <laughs> Just the wave of faces, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, there's also the stuff that- Ben, it's simple. Like, if you had the horn the way he does, well, yes, you would have that grin too. Mm, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. stroking that does strange things. Uh, but yeah, so as well as that, the kill team release that kind of slipped out at the end of last month and the end of last year, and no one really realized that it had happened, uh, was Kill Team Chalnath. So, this was one that contained the uh, Pathfinders and the Novitiates for the Sisters of Battle. Um, mm-hmm. You can now pick up those two kill teams individually if you want to and get those as well as the separate Kill Team Charnath book. So if you want to get all of the updates from that from last year, you can pick up that and pick and add that to your collection if you would like to. There's also the uh, terrain set that was available as part of that box set. It's effectively kind of like the um, the Gothic ruins of the new modern uh, Warhammer 40,000, mm-hmm. effectively. Very reminiscent of those old um, pieces of terrain that everybody yeah. had in mm-hmm. their... Uh, in their in their star sets and stuff but uh yeah good for imperial cities and the like um but yeah so it's all going to be kill team focused this weekend if you want to go and check those out and pick them up as i say head on over to store on tabletop we have some fun things there to go and have a go at so yeah very nice stuff yeah. very, get very started cool. in something new yeah. very very cool indeed <laughs> uh, I always say it <laughs> all the time people at home have it as a drinking game now you are oh, no. you are the robin they're all unconscious now. Harry met your <laughs> but um, curses. Uh, we're going to take a quick swish, and when we come back, we'll be having a look at some three D printing. Okay, Ben. So you've been a bit fickle with your choices for this week's three D printing. Is the uh-huh. Yes. Yes. What, what are we looking at? So this is almost a combination of a 3D printing is the shears, whilst also being a little bit of a kind of like indie as well. So this is quite a new one. So this comes from Fickle Dice Games. Uh, And the main reason I wanted to pick this out is because there is 3D printing involved, Mm -hmm. but it's a very small amount of 3D printing to begin with. So they are over on Patreon at the moment, Mm -hmm. but the idea is that they're trying to create a series of miniatures for using their game called Gloom Trench. So Gloom Trench is a game sort of set in in 1926, uh, during a sort of extended World War One, where um, Britain have opened a weird portal to the unknown and the eldritch on the battlefields of Europe. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yes, the uh, Department for the Investigation of Experimental Sciences dies. <laughs> it's very, yeah. very good. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Uh, but this has also then led them to create some really interesting miniatures, and mm. this uh, uh, which you can see sort of on here and also as part of their other things as well. So what they're going to be actually doing is creating sort of weird, weird World War One miniatures with a little bit of a twist. And the first ones that have come out are some of their British soldiers, as you can mm. see here. Uh, so they're they're really awesome so far. So they're like um, they're quite simple sort of three D sculpts. Comes with the the sort of the bodies and the arms all together, and then it comes with a little separate heads and things that you can put on top of them. Uh, if you go to their Instagram, there's actually some. Mm. Yeah, so you go. So you can see some of the models they've been working on so far. So the initial ones, uh, if you well, so these are some of the newer ones that they've been working on, mm. uh, which show slightly more sort of different do, poses. Do you want me to go to the bottom and work my way up? Actually, you can just go. You just go from that top load. That okay. top layer is fine. Uh, so that's very generous of you. Yeah. I so the one. It. So the one on the right. No, the other. The other. Not that <laughs> one, Jerry. <laughs> 
Running so, around the headless chicken. Yeah. <laughs> exactly like these guys. Yeah. So these are some of the new ones they've been working on, which are sort of like they're slightly more animated troopers that they're going to be working on. And as you can see, as I say, like they've done sort of like very basic sculpts for these where it's the bodies and the heads and the and the arms all together. And then there's different heads you can swap out for them. They're doing sort of gas masks and sort of uh, unhelmeted heads and helmeted heads and all that kind of thing too. Sort of giving across that look of sort of you know World War One troopers fighting it out in the trenches, but then with sort of a little bit of a tweak here and there to make them look a little bit more bedraggled and slightly yes. more weird and, mm. and sort of odd. Like I like things like little tiny touches. So they've got like lots of different accessories and stuff all over their, their sort of pack and their equipment. And you've got things like the cracked glass on the sort of mm. the gas mask there as well, where he's probably wearing that so he doesn't see the eldritch horrors that are awaiting him. We <laughs> get to see those eldritch horrors ourselves, but they are coming, I've been assured. Um, we also got a look at, these are some of the uh, sort of ones they started off with when they sort of initially sort of set up the Patreon and that kind of thing. You've got slightly more sort of like static versions of the troopers mm-hmm. sort of with their rifles at the ready. Some of the new ones have been the kind of um, sort of the Bren guns and all that kind of thing as well, sort of doing additional special weapons and everything on the side of that as well. Um, so that's kind of like the 3D printing element of this, which I think is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the creator actually has built a, uh, a project over on, on Tabletop where mm-hmm. they've been showing off what they've been doing with these and actually some of the painted miniatures as well, which you can see here too. So, um, yeah, apparently, according to the creator, they're not one for painting miniatures, but they've tried. So oh, that's yeah, what that's, they that's shocking, that is. Well, yeah, so that's <laughs> why they've done this kind of like dirty, grimy looking miniatures so that they can kind of get away with a lot of stuff that you know probably wouldn't get away this with. This is my kind of creator, exactly, yeah. creating my kind of game. Yeah. Um, and so this shows off what how the 3D prints come out and all that kind of thing as well, wow. uh, as well as the process for kind of building the miniatures up and painting them because. Uh, one of the things that's quite nice about this is obviously the creator has been like, I want to show people how you paint these and how you could base them up for my game and all that kind of thing as well, which I thought was really nice. And I think the results of the 3D prints are really good, actually. I think a lot of the details been managed to be sort of captured by it, you know, considering that sort of um, sort of these, these are like the first ones that we're seeing up on the Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're pretty good quality and I think it'd be really fun to see where they go with these next. Um, I'm assuming that's a home 3D printer as well. Yes, it is. And, yeah. and not a, like a, a big industrial thing. yeah prototype oh, yeah. one mm-hmm. so yeah so yeah it's a really fun little range and the, the other thing that's really good about this obviously um as i was mentioning there is that this is actually be turning into a game as well mm-hmm. so that's where that kind of indie element comes in are too. any of the rules out for the game yet uh i can't remember the, the rules are out yet but i know there's a lot of sort of like talk about sort of where they'll go in the future nice. uh, and i know that there's lots of stuff that you can do as part of the patreon to feed back on what's happening with the game mm-hmm. um i think I think, yeah, I think it's all sort of like behind the Patreon at the moment as well yeah. at the moment. But they have been talking about the background to all of this. Obviously, I said it's kind of got that kind of um, World War One feel to it, trench warfare, sort of English, the British versus the Germans and the French and everything else going on at the same time. But then with the weird, wicked, st- strange stuff going on at the same time. The other, the, one of the things that was quite nice that I, that I read about the... Um, the uh, the game is well, there's a mechanic sort of based around this kind of weird scourge that exists mm-hmm. where when things go wrong or if, if you like roll certain dice and like a test goes badly that ticks towards the scourge appearing on the battlefield so it's a little bit kind of like um, what's that game uh, where he, he had, the guy has to walk across all of like America and build bridges and that kind of thing what was it called stranded something. Forrest Gump. <laughs> anyway, it was, a, it, it was a weird uh, sci-fi game. Anyway, that was on PlayStation a couple of years ago. But anyway, it's kind of like that thing where, like, as things start to go weird and sort of a bit off, the scourge sort of works its way into the reality and starts to make its way onto the tabletop. Things really cool. So it'd be really nice to see. Hopefully, the creator behind 
Flicker Dice game and these miniatures actually coming to the tabletop and making some um, uh, some fun and interesting sort of rules uh, posts as part of the projects, talking about the game and how it fl- how it flows. Obviously, we're seeing things like the um, the sort of stat lines. Everything could be worked up already for this kind of thing, which is really nice. D8. Um, so yeah. <laughs> everyone loves a good D eight. The the only Actually, dice that I've sorry, while you were while you were slabbering on there. Um, slabbering <laughs> on. This is important information, damn you. <laughs> Jerry highlighted the, the, uh, one of the most important pieces of information, and that basing. is yes, we yeah, love this yes, guy. Yeah. We, we love yeah, this because yeah, yeah. he, he has uh, a mentality similar to probably to myself and Jerry on this in that the basing is very, very straightforward. Mm-hmm. One model on a 30 mil base, two models on a, is it 40 mil base, three models on a 50 mil base, something yeah. like that anyway. But, um, and you know, you're removing complete bases. And if you, if you need to, you remove a three and you, you put in a two. Um, I really like this. The reason is it gives you the opportunity to do some really nice kind mm. of uh, basing yeah. options. Mm. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I'm it, keen to see, right? Firstly, if it's going to be a trench uh, kind of game, let's do a really good trench game. Let's do a really, really good trench game and then have tentacles coming out of the walls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Yeah. You know, like, it's like you're, you're, you, you know, there should be two enemies. The enemy. And then the enemy well, of the, my enemy. That, that's interesting because well, it's one of the things I, I forgot to mention actually about the Scourge is it's actually sort of AI controlled within the game. Right. So you'll play out your fights between the different factions and then the Scourge, <laughs> that kind of weird eldritch thing, will start to come after you or both factions and that kind of thing on the tabletop, which sounds pretty fun. So, it it so, worked yeah. very well for um, The Walking Dead. Where you don't make... Having another the, You don't make yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the main threat faction a playable faction. You mm-hmm. make it just always there, always present, and something you have to deal Lonely with while you're threat. attempting, you know, because attempting to walk across no man's land, terrible. Attempting to walk across no man's land while not being eaten by a scourge, probably worse. <laughs> you could call them trenchicles, Warren. Trenchicles. Wow. It, all of a sudden, it gives you a very good reason to have yeah, trench boards like in there. It's, exactly. it's not for yeah. the water. It's more for the yeah. tremors-like thing. You don't want to be standing yes. in mud. They yeah. get you easier. Is, and the beauty of a trench is that they don't only come from below. They can come, oh, come from the side. The sides above the Ooh, Yeah. Be yeah. down in the tunnel trying to blow people up. That's and sinister. How long before we see the last of the. Uh, you get the, you get the best of every word. Do you know what it's like? It's like aliens. Do you know the way you and aliens are all corridors, right? Mm. And you can you just end you can end up trapped. But this way, you can not only end up trapped; they could come from anywhere, you know, yeah. and through the thing, and you know, you could have the, the, the dead guys like. Aragon walked past one, right? Imagine Aragon oh in 1920, whatever, and uh, was still, no, maybe not as cleanly shaven, and he was walking past that dead guy, but this time the guy got up. Oh. With a big tentacle <laughs> hanging out. Chasing has gone mad. <laughs> around the trench with his Weirdly t- enough. We've got to get Justin to play this game. He's yeah. going to love this. <laughs> <laughs> weirdly enough, I did think it would be really fun to kind of use the the War Games Atlantic World War One miniatures mm-hmm. and make a World War One fellowship based on oh. like sort of taking the idea of like Tolkien's kind of like time in World War One and using that as inspiration for kind of like a little fellowship of, of adventures that's that cool. done in a historical way. I don't know how I'd do it, yeah. but... It <laughs> if you've never seen yeah. it, and weirdly, there's a Lord of the Rings connection. There was a film came out in the early 2000s called Death Watch, I set in the trenches Watch, yeah. of World War yeah. One, starring Gollum, 
Andy Circus mm. is in it as a real person, not a CGI thing. Wow. <laughs> and um and and it's it's where we're one horror, essentially. Is that the one with the bunker where they go in and they have to fight their way out of it? Or is it No, it's or is no, because yeah, but there, there was a bunker who came out at the same time. But this is specifically yeah. World War One, oh, okay. uh, and it's a, a group of British soldiers uh, in a trench with some German soldiers, and it oh, all goes yeah. very wrong, and that just screams this madness. I like a sound so, of yeah, this. Yeah. yeah, it's worth so worth having my, a look at. My, my my sort of idea was this: was that you know, if you want to dive into some three D printing, there are some files for you to go and check out and sort of join in with the Patreon and get those. But then hopefully you'll see those and you'll be inspired to either use them in whatever game you want, or you could use them in the game that um, Fickle Dice Games have been working on yeah. in the background, and you could help in the design of that and how that comes to life and everything as well. Yeah. So, We've seen Fantastic. That Get in at the ground level. Yeah, we've I seen the Pickle Dice Games for continuing to prove that 3D printing is truly the it's Very true. <laughs> you said it. Kickstarters. <laughs> Who picked them this week? Uh, so uh, me and Free and also Jerry, which is also me. So all of us really picked them this time. So <laughs> Okay. Right. Well, well, let's in. What have we got yeah. this week? Uh, so the first of these actually comes from the folks at Crooked Dice. Um, they are expanding their pulp sci-fi world with one that absolutely blew my socks off and got me thinking about Vast Gordon and all sorts of different things. Uh, so this is, Pir- well, it's Pirates of Lunar City, but it's actually Rick Rhodes and the Pirates of Lunar City. Oh, the way you can really say it. Yeah. There's a way you should go. But yeah, <laughs> so this is going to be a brand new program guide for use with 70 feet pulp, which plays out the sequel to the f- the film series that never was, mm. where you play as Rick Rhodes, the heroic leader of the Radium Rangers, as he tries to save the darling prince of the galaxy from the pirates of Lunar City, who have captured him and taken him away to their strange abode on a distant planet. Uh, and as is the case, this is all going to be played out in a very sort of TV-style uh, fashion on the tabletop, uh, as is the want with uh, 7TV, using a whole bunch of new heroes and villains and aliens and all sorts Lion of Lion Man! <laughs> There are lion men. There is a lion. <laughs> um, so yeah, when you back this, you can dive in at well. There's like sort of Aww. three different sort of pledge levels. There's the hero pledge level, which gets you all the heroes, the radium rangers, uh, the guys with their rocket packs on their backs. You can go for the villain pledge, which gets you the pirates and some of the aliens that they have sort of ganged up with. There are there is also an STL only pledge, which allow you to get a whole bunch, get a hold of a bunch nice. of terrain to print off at home. And then on top of that. Because obviously this is a big Crooked Dice Kickstarter, they have exploded through stretch goals and add-ons and all kinds of things like that. So be able to buy a whole bunch of personalities that are Rick Rhodes and his heroes alongside some of the villainous um, sort of dramatis persona that you'll run into during Mm. your games. And I think, well, we'll have to see actually when it comes to the stretch goals, they were working towards making a physical version of the... um, uh, of the rocket ship that you see there that could be sent out to backers. I don't know if that's been unlocked yet, but we'll see when we scroll down through this page. Uh, but yeah, it's a smorgasbord of amazing new miniatures from the folks at 7TV. Uh, they love what they're doing and it clearly comes through in the sculpts and the, the sort of designs that they make for the different games. They've got a real passion for this and kind of bringing back to life a lot of these kind of classic sci-fi movies and TV shows from way back in the day. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a fun one indeed to sort of dive into and have a little bit of fun with, especially if you're a, um, a painter who maybe wants to try and do something a little bit different because obviously it's kind of got this feel of that kind of retro sci-fi TV mm-hmm. show. 
you can play around with this and paint in some really bright, bold colors and have a lot of fun yeah. with it. And they have unlocked the physical uh, 3D. Unlocked, but limited to 50 backers. I'm not so, going to scroll down, but I'm going to go out and let and say, they're gone. It's probably yeah, gone, it's it's probably start, gone yeah. by now. But anyway, there's a whole bunch of other stuff for you to go and check out as well and dive into mm. there. Oh, yeah. um, as I say, it works with the um, uh, the 7TV pulp sort of uh, system. Yeah. So if you're familiar with that, that came out a couple of years ago, and it's sort of just a little bolt onto that. Uh, and you can have fun with some uh, crazy aliens and start doing over-the-top voices and acting and maybe get even acting out the metallic pants. Yeah, get out the metallic pants and yeah. some glitter and all sorts of different things. That's how you make an alien, just give them glittery skin. That's the yeah. <laughs> It's, it's um, amazing. I love this. I love this so much because I spent so much time watching the original black and white Flash Gordon. Mm. <laughs> it, it, used, it used to be on a stupid o'clock on like a Saturday morning. Yeah. Um, and so you could get up and it was like one of the only things that was on the three channels that were actually live at that <laughs> point uh, so it's great seeing things like Professor Kravznov there um, I'm and, getting and, all emotional now because and, yeah. I'm thinking back to Sunday morning TV or was it Saturday morning TV do you remember uh, was it Rocket Man yes um, and he had the he would run towards the, the, the edge, edge of the, the dials. cliff he would turn the dial and then, take and then go I, I mean, actually have just been the be. Rocketeer, but yeah, it, it was great. It, it was another classic. I think they've got him kicking around as well. But yeah, there's some fantastic stuff if you plan on invading Mungo mm. and uh, <laughs> dealing with Ming and his people. I mean, even whenever you're looking at the choice of uh, terrain there, where they've gone Ice World, Lava World, and Tree World, and you're yeah, just going, well, I know, <laughs> I know where they're from. This is familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting to see what they come up with next. I love the uh, Death Ray. Yeah, because yeah. no no space villain would be complete without some sort of massive death ray, so that he can uh, try well, and fight back. Man. What do you call the wee ma- the Martian, Martian. Marvin, Marvin Martian. the Martian? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. right. Uh, uh, Twenty three days left on Pirates of Luna City. Mm-hmm. Um, who's next? We're going for more pirates, but these aren't the same pirates we've just looked oh. at. Okay, so if you are a fan of Mort Borg and fancy taking some of that messed up brutality to the high seas, you can because using free lead to third party license, Pirate Borg has been created by Limithron. 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 Yeah. There you go. I said it. With twenty one <laughs> days left on the clock and ridiculously funded. So it didn't take long. It only took 30 minutes to reach the goal. The standalone game brings a highly lethal environment with an open world of opportunities. Mm. Plus engaging in barbaric plundering and ruthless swashbuckling. So the world that the game is contained, it's got no pre-written plot whatsoever. So whatever you want to create, whatever you want your character to be, whatever you want your ship to be, your own hat, even where that come from and its origins. <laughs> You've got creative freedom in this to explore. Exactly. So me, when I got this idea, I was thinking, okay, I could play a failed axe wielder who faced ridicule on land and mm-hmm. took to the apocalyptic seas to start new and corrupt statistic morals in a poorly corrupted ship fueled by alcohol addiction. This is this is the character I got for this. So that's very Mortborgian. So yeah. say plundering for us again. Plunder. Say plundering. 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 Uh, I, I swear to God, somebody in the community is going to make a soundboard 
of of free and plundering. Do you know what's going to be the top one? Do you know what will be the top one? Which is what I've got the most messages for. Dune. Dune will be the top Dune. one. Dune. Thanks. Go and watch Dune. It's great. But yeah, you've got your own creative freedom to do and explore whatever world you want. So. It's a wide world and it is willing to be explored. So you can head to sunken shipwrecks, you can plunder lost treasure or seek out artifacts of value in the jungle. There is so much to have a look at. So the opportunity is certainly there. But as I said, don't expect the world to be forgiving as the world is blissfully unforgiving. So Limithron is known for his range in assets and RPGs. It's got maps, content for settings, and yeah. the game's been pulled in through so many different avenues. And Jerry's just gone past the map there of all the mm. different inspiration he's taken, coming from games, historical events, movies like Assassin's Creed, uh, Escape Dark, Dark Castle, and Treasure Island. So there's tons of extras as part of the campaign. So you've got your classes there as well. Um, you've got different <laughs> physical, digital, yeah. and stretch. What's that? One of the ships just is ships on that. Ships right. <laughs> well, yeah. They say no man is an island, but if you tie a bunch of bodies together, they make a pretty good raft. <laughs> It will work. Stretch goals are unlocking an alarming rate. There's new classes coming, such as the haunted one. There's new ships added, the Man of War. And there's several component upgrades as well. Mm. There's also zines for additional monsters, NPCs, and a ton of add-ons you could add as well. Uh, there is so much going on on this campaign. Mm. It just keeps going and going. It's, it's, it's one of the things that we'll come to weirdly in a second when we move mm. on to the, the next Kickstarter but the thing that's really good about Mortborg, Mortborg how you want to say it is that it's this very sort of horrible world as mm-hmm. we were saying at the start like it's a world where when you step into it death is almost guaranteed at some yeah. point uh, and things never go as you see uh, as you might think they do and when you try to take that and you attach it to this kind of weird, fantastical, piratical adventure. I think it's the perfect marrying of two, of different worlds of kind of like traditional fantasy and pirates. Yes, uh, because stick they are, to the shallows because exactly. the kraken is going to kill you if yeah. you go too far. That yeah. kind of thing. These, these are these are the guys, as you say, that like explore the weird corners of the map and all that kind of thing. So it's perfect for sort of weird and wacky adventures where things could go wrong in an instant, and your characters could get ripped to shreds by zombie monkeys or something. Thing like that so yeah, cool. yeah. exactly there's it's, it's there's campaign there's plenty in this campaign to mm. fit in with your ball campaign as well so if you yeah. are currently running something it is adaptable so you could extend your current campaign and head out into deep I, blue brutality or completely start fresh with just a pirate uh campaign uh, the pirate yeah. campaign I, I think the fact that Limithron's done these additional extras mm. is really big for this well because it's not you're not just buying the book you can no. get everything that you need to then play the game, which I think is a really fun little thing because there are so many times where you're like, oh, we've got the book, but then it would be nice to have maps and all that kind of thing. They've obviously done all this stuff before, as you say, so it's a really nice wealth of resources for them to draw on. So very cool. Yeah, 20 days left on the clock for that one. So it's, yeah, it's it's a bit, ooh, it's a bit wah. (laughs) <laughs> as they once put it out from Morkborg, the important thing is to make sure it's dark, depressing, and don't get hung up too much. Uh, make sure that you kill you, all you, your you players. Could say, don't you get could attached say, to your character, yeah. You, you could say, Jerry, that it's a bit yar. Uh-huh. Okay, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> well, to finish things off, 
I uh, thought we'd stick with uh, Mork Borg. Nice. Oh, there we go. Oh, nice. <laughs> In uh, Boris's ongoing oh. mission to empty my wallet of all my money, no. um, they've got in contact with the guys uh, to actually do official miniatures for the original Mork Borg license. Because uh, it's a weird little system in that it is freely available for third-party licensors, like we've just seen with the Pirates. There's a sci-fi version, Cyborg. Um, there's been some... Borg? Borg. Yeah. <laughs> de- death metal gaming, yeah. uh, I think, is probably a, not a bad way of putting yes. it. Yeah. And, uh, and to that end, uh, Westphalia and Boris's immutable talent has been put to good use where they went, you see how this game is filled oh. with crazy images that look like they've been drafted in from somebody's cheese-fueled nightmares. Uh, we need somebody <laughs> to make these. Uh, and so Boris went, hold my cheese. <laughs> got stuck straight in there. Yeah. It's an incredibly small, very you know, compact and bijou um, range that they blew through it and all the stretch goals in so short amount of time that they've had to kind of go, uh, right, we'll, we'll be back <laughs> when we've looked at this again, because yeah. I don't think they were expecting so many people to jump on this so quickly. Um, but the the rotting lands of Mork Borg, I mean, the concept art from the, the, the game itself is particularly insane, and Boris's execution of the sculpts is perfect for us uh when you see things mm. like the heretical priest or the uh you know the, the flayed ones the gutter board scum very basically ripped from the pages of the rpg mm. which is great yeah. there, there is in here one of the happiest trolls you will ever see by yes. the way. <laughs> it, is, it is so happy but mm. it's just such an unusual set this <sighs> one in particular i was reminded so much of um the art style and art direction from Rackham's Confrontation. Yeah, that may just very be Bonner. Yeah, mm. yeah. Especially when, because I've seen a couple of them painted up and somebody painted it like that as well. But you can go, there's only two pledges. There's the give me everything, which I'm in, or there's the uh, $1 pledge where you can just go in and pick up whatever bits and pieces you want. Uh, Skelly Joe is exclusive. He's from the front cover of the original RPG. Isn't he happy? He's adorable. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't want to be hit by a historical It's like his first day out on the adventure, I, isn't it? I just, to, I just want to tell you a really cool thing about the goblins. Mum's Mork- giving him a shield that's too big. <laughs> Bless him. The, the, the goblins in Mortborg are very different from your normal ones. Mm. They're really easy to kill, obviously. But if they cut you or they bite you and then you don't kill them, you will turn into a goblin within a couple oh. of days. So you and it specifically says in the rules for goblins, if you don't kill the goblin that bit you, and it has to be the goblin that bit you, <laughs> then something terrible is going to happen to you and you're going to turn to a goblin. And it says, but you don't need to land the killing blow. So if the goblin just happens to fall off a cliff okay, and one nice. of the other goblins kills it, then you're saved. So <laughs> the, the undead dolls are particularly yes. fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite oh. is the second one. So despite mm-hmm. warding rituals and, and returning as vengeful undead in throngs to hunt their tormentors. Throngs, they said, are this little one with her scissors just going, fashion? <laughs> I, I, I just, every time, every time Boris does something, I need to own it um, for a start. But yeah. it's always, at no point can you ever see say that his work is derivative because I've never seen anything that no, he's done no. where you're going, well, I've seen that before from another company, yeah. or it looks like another sculptor's work. It is mm-hmm. all so Unique. uniquely Boris-based. Uh, mm-hmm. There is the happiest troll. 
Look at him. Oh. Will you be my friend? He does look like a happy little doggo, doesn't he? Yeah. Give him a bone of flesh, you'll be fine. I'd be grand. And hopefully he won't rip you apart when you come charging in there. So, stretch goal wise, we've got the cob with bow, the jam door. It's only jam because there's half a dead person in it. Presumably knocking to get in. Going, I'd like to send you a Kickstarter. Have you heard about our Lord and Saviour? Bollock. Alan, I love Alan and the lamp there. I'm still trying to work out where a head exists, if ever. Is it under? It could be the lamp. It could be the skull at the back. Who knows? It's best not to check. And Bent, you know, is he really really a thief? (laughs) Is he just absolutely mental <laughs> he looks like the sort of thing that you you would encounter in like you know you've left the tavern to go on your adventure and then you meet this thing in the alleyway behind us uh, and then your adventure never really takes off because you spent too much time running for your lives <laughs> as they are just a thing of beauty sweet sweet beauty so like i say incredibly small little bespoke kickstarter which absolutely blew up uh i want to say they're like 60,000 US dollars or something like that against a target of about five quid. Mm-hmm. Where are we? 85,000 almost against 10,000. Wow. So, yeah, so they ramped through everything that they had intended to do in short order. That is awesome. Um, and, you know, it's a very short campaign, but it only needed to be very short because there wasn't yeah. much in it. I don't know if, if they'll be able to come back and come up with something else before it ends, mm-hmm. uh, but you've got nine days to check it out. Uh, and uh, jump on board the Mockborg train. Choo choo. Fan dabby dozy. Yeah. So there we have it. Another week's worth of news gone for you. Don't forget to join us next week on the Friday night for more Weekender, but also on the Saturday for the extravaganza that will be three men hungover doing a live stream. Yes. <laughs> be there, be, away, Jerry. Give be there, be away. a rectangular thing. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, Tom hasn't seen how much it's going to cost to ship out the prizes yet. Oh. He's not allowed to know. No. <laughs> That's between us. <laughs> Don't tell Tom. Uh, but if you want to see more of this madness, you can join us on Sunday where we'll be doing the XLBS for our Cult of Games members over on tabletop.com. If you're not already a member, you can get a 30-day trial and join us then. And don't forget... Next Saturday, be there. Would be some sort of horrendous Boris sculpt of a Mork Borg miniature. <laughs> Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on. <laughs>